Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give our show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Lakerholics.com. And of course, the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, you know, I love these conversations talking about the draft, which is now clearly a focus for NBA teams, especially if they're not in the running for playoffs because the NCAA championship game just ended. The NCAA championship season is over. Baylor, the Bears, they're victorious. Everybody's happy for them. They did a great job, had a great game plan, and of course, they came out the victor on Monday night against Gonzaga, and now everybody looks towards the NBA draft, and there is no one better to break down the NBA draft than the man, indeed, who I have just been so grateful to have in my life as far as a good friend, not only for our playoff coverage, for all the time he's been on, having to deal with me, the whole nine yards, he is the preeminent draft expert out there. You got to check out what he's doing today. He, he just always smirks when I say that. At NBADraftJunkies.com, his awesome YouTube page, NBA Draft Junkies, and of course, also as well, his brand new podcast, which you need to go check out because he's an awesome part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So please check out his podcast today, Locked On NBA Draft. He just had on one of my other favorite guests that's out there. That's Michael Weisenberg. He's been on the show many times. He was on his show recently, and they had an awesome podcast. I couldn't stop just smiling. They were starting with me when I first started this podcast. It is a good friend indeed. It is Rafael Barlow. And Rafael, just great to have you on the show once again. Yeah, glad to be on. Anytime, anytime. Well, you know, I'm just so happy for your continued success. You're moving up on the charts up there as far as on the Lockdown Podcast Network, making the Lockdown NBA Draft Podcast the podcast to go to on the locked on network so i'm so happy for your success nba draft junkies i know you got some videos that you've got coming down the line don't you yeah i do i just been super busy and then um now that the season is over all the numbers that i plan on throwing out as far as stats they'll be accurate for the rest of the way so that's kind of one of the things where when I start throwing numbers out, I always have to put through 15 games, through 17 games. But now the numbers are pretty much set in stone. So I'll probably come out with another video series, more so like taking a deep dive into the analytical numbers. Well, I want to thank so much. Jay Johnson are set up for the big heart. And, and you obviously, let's go Lakers. One of the biggest Lakers fans out there overseas. We truly appreciate, as always, you listening. Again, Jay John and everybody else, please check out the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast, and of course, everything that he does today at NBA Draft Junkies, because there is no better place to go for the NBA Draft, which we will be talking about here on today's program. We're going to be covering the NBA Draft of this year and seeing another rookie update, per se. Plus, also as well, we're going to be doing a little bit of a mock lottery draft here, because it's starting. Raphael, my favorite time of the year, when we start doing those mock drafts, when we get those lotteries together... 
you know, Raphael and I, we you know, maybe we'll actually have time if we can go ahead and do it to go maybe have one of those group drafts again. I love that when we get all these guys together to go ahead and do that. That's always a fun time. Yep. But Raphael, I, I just appreciate again you being here. Let's get into it with the NBA rookies right now. I mean, it was all runaway for LaMelo Ball. I mean, he was going to go ahead and be rookie of the year, no question about it, because we've already seen in just the short time he was on the court how well he can go ahead and elevate a team, which obviously is the goal for any player of that stature. I mean, you, you I know you caught on ESPN the top 25 players under 25 or 20 players under 25, mm -hmm. and he was thought of so highly by the individuals covering that. And this is based off of future potential. And I'm, I got to make sure I preface that, that he was voted number three on there. So obviously you can see the kind of success that, that he has in front of him. But right now it's kind of tough after that because it's been hit or miss. A lot of players have been up and down as far as these rookies, which is to be expected when you're right. dealing with 19 to 22 year old kids. They're, of course, they're going to have their up and down games, up and down weeks, up and down months. But right now, who stands out to you as far as the NBA rookies now that, of course, LaMelo Ball is out for the season? Anthony Edwards has played well the second half of the season. But Minnesota's so awful. <laughs> so it's kind of like they're, I guess, you know, maybe people aren't going to respect the numbers. But right now, he's averaging about 18 points a game, which is, is pretty good. I mean, he was the number one pick, so the expectations are are, are definitely higher. But, I mean, I think that he's played well. Tyrese Halliburton got off to, like, a really, really strong start. And, uh, I mean, right now it's, it's really seemed like it's just between those two. Other than the guys from Oklahoma City, Taylor Maladon's playing well. Uh, Alexis Pokashevsky had and that's a what I definitely want to talk to you about that in a sec. Yeah, he had a pretty big game uh, yesterday. I think he hit, like, seven threes or something like that. That is correct, yeah. Um, I've been uh, – well, let's go into those two right now. I mean, with Oklahoma City, uh, they've clearly put on the, the tank switch. I mean, they've kept SGA out. He's had an injury, and they wanted to go ahead and say, you know what, take all the time you need. Uh, we, uh, you know, we talked before the show about Mike Muscala. He's been sitting on the bench. They, they actually sat down Al Horford. They pretty much said, you know what, we're going to go ahead and try and shoot up for the best draft choice that we can. And with the many thousands of draft choices they have in the next what seven years, what 34 yeah. in total, I think between first and second, it's amazing. They could actually have two conceivably two in the top five in this year's draft, which is going to be really something that they can pull that off. But they've decided to go ahead and play some major minutes to Theo Maladon and Alexei Pokashevsky, who at one time in his first stint with the team was, you know, he was being called things like uh, Alexei Okashevsky because he was, you know, oh for this, oh for that, as far as the shooting is concerned. But I've seen a marketed improvement from each. And I think this is great. If you're going to tank, but you're going to give all these guys the time also, Moses Brown, a young player that's been playing in the middle for them as well. I think it's been a really good thing for the Oklahoma City Thunder for their future. Yeah, I, I, I agree for the players in their future. I just don't like it short term. Yeah. I don't like the fact that, you know, veterans are getting pushed off the league. A guy like Al Horford, who could help them. We want to lose. We, we want to lose on purpose. So I don't really like that. I don't, I don't think that's good for, for basketball. I mean, you got... Pokashevsky, who, I mean, he's shown flashes. He's definitely super talented, but he's been given minutes as opposed to earning them. And he's, he's played better for sure. But, you know, at one point he was like, he's had a lot of two for 10, two for 13 games, you know, for the season, he's shooting 34% from the floor, Yeah, which, you know, how many teams are going to give a guy shooting 34% from the floor reward him with minutes? So from, yeah. from the basketball aspect of it, I don't necessarily like it. But from the aspect of seeing young guys get playing time and, and, and rookies, I mean, it, it makes sense. But, yeah, I just don't like the fact that, you know, guys like Horford, guys that can contribute and go somewhere are pretty much being benched while – you know, like if I just don't like the, how the teams have that power to just say, hey, we want to lose. You're our best player. You might help us win games. We're, we'll pay you to go home. And, you know, a guy like Horford, he's made plenty of money, but he's at the the, the end of his career. 
Yeah. And so I'm sure he wants to play, but the team has that power. And I mean, I guess he could play technically, but he'd have to give back money that he signed for. So I'm kind of torn on that from that aspect you, of it. Well, you saw the issues with Drummond he, when he was sat down and put down, not being able to play. And you saw he was finally bought out, although his buyout was kind of minuscule in comparison to, let's say, Blake Griffin, who gave yeah. back a ton of money uh, in order to go ahead and be bought out. But yes, I agree with you. Al Horford should be playing. I mean, just the fact that you're you're showing more competitiveness, but it is still nice to see these rookies getting a chance to see if they can make it. I mean, we've seen uh, Theo Maladon and Alexei Pokashevsky, you know, have some pretty good games. Uh, they've tried to start stringing them together, so maybe that will build confidence going forward in the future. And, and again, you saw with Anthony Edwards in Minnesota. When it comes to Anthony Edwards, are you worried? I don't say worried, but are you thinking that possibly he could be an empty stats guy as far as the concern? Because I hear that more and more around the league right now. Well, I mean, if so, it's the way that they put him in position to be that guy. You know, yeah. so you like, I mean, look at the guys from the Thunder. Again, no knock on them, but it's easier to play if you have no pressure to yeah. win. Or, you know, if you make five turnovers in the first two minutes. Your coach is going to be mad, but the people in the front office are going to be like, okay, that's good. That's good. So, yeah, I just think it was, has already kind of developed a little bit of a, a negative a negative rap as an empty stats guy. And it's something that I questioned before the draft because he hasn't been in a winning situation or a winning team in his short career, including high school and, and AAU. But if that's the case and if that's the knock they had on him, then, you know, this isn't going to help it out, help it out. But, you know, if you want to put that knock on him, then you can say the same thing about Carl Anthony Towns because he's had one season where, you know, he played winning basketball and I was with Jimmy Butler. So, I mean, you can say that about a lot of the guys in the league. But Devin Booker kind of had the same reputation until late last year. And then this year, I think the Suns are like the second seed. Zach Levine is still chasing that, uh, you know, still dealing with that reputation. So only time will tell. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Once again, I'm speaking to my good friend Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. He's also on Dash Radio. Check him out. I think Mondays, correct? Yep, Mondays at 10 a.m. Central. Absolutely. Uh, we actually just got on Dash Radio. Check us out Sundays at 4 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Time. And also, as well, NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube and NBADraftJunkies.com. And, of course, his awesome podcast, which you got to check out right now, the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Well, if there's anybody out there, I think, in the draft right now that is making oppression, it is somebody who a lot of people were kind of curious about at spot number four in this past year's draft, and that was Patrick Williams of the Chicago Bulls. He mm -hmm. is making an impression as far as a two-way player and seemingly is going to have a nice future with the team. Your thoughts on Patrick Williams? Yeah, I mean, to me, he was the biggest surprise in the draft as far as, like, where he went drafted. I didn't have him going number four. But he's been he's been pretty good, and he's still young. He's had, you know, roughly around 10 points, five rebounds per game. Um, you know, he's he's had a few games, I guess, out of the last maybe, like, five games. He's put up double figures. And he's been pretty efficient, so the Bulls have to really be excited about his future. Absolutely. I mean, and if anybody else on in this draft, although this draft is kind of 
looking a lot like what we thought about it as far as not having those layers of depth. I think that uh, people were hoping for. There is still some standouts, although they're having still up and down seasons. Sadiq Bey, who was doing really well, actually from a bench role, and then he got moved into the starting lineup. He has done okay, but not great since moving into that starting lineup and getting more minutes. Your thoughts on Sadiq Bey? Well, you know I'm biased. I wanted him in Portland. I was claiming yeah. that all, all uh, you know, the whole draft process. But I mean, he's been good. He's he's about what I expected, and I actually think this draft has been better than what a lot of people, you know, had had thought it would be. I mean, Lamelo is legitimately, you know, obviously if he's going to be ranked number three on ESPN's list, that bumps up the class because yeah. a lot of times classes are judged based off of the players that are in it. I mean, Anthony Edwards, 24 points a game in the second half of the year. Um, Halliburton's been good. They said the guys that we talked about, Patrick Williams has been efficient. So I think this draft class was definitely underrated. But as far as Bay, I mean, he's he's doing what I what I thought he would do. I saw he just like set a record or something like that for most threes for a rookie in, yes. in team history. I mean, he's averaging 11 points a game. Now Detroit is really bad, <laughs> but he had 11 points, four rebounds per game, and he's also shooting 38% from three. So you can't you can't beat that. No, it's considering like, where he was drafted. Yeah, he yeah, was like consider- the first pick. Yeah, and I know you wanted him on the port on the Portland Trailblazers as a big Portland Trailblazer fan. You both, you and Mikey. So I yeah. want to give you both a shout out there. But yeah, I know you were asking for him to be on that team because you saw the potential that he had. I mean, Emmanuel quickly is a someone who I've said on this show. Uh, you know, I thought he, uh, a little bit higher of him than some others. Uh, I know he was still considered quite a reach in the late twenties when he was drafted by New York. Hasn't really got the time lately that I think he's deserving of because I think they're fighting for a playoff spot. So a guy like him doesn't really get a chance to shine as much, especially the fact that they have a five-guard rotation in New York. Your thoughts on Emmanuel quickly going forward? I think in the right situation or if New York decides to go ahead and give him some more minutes, maybe if not even this year but next year and going forward, he can be that, that spark plug off the bench for them. Yeah, he got off to a hot start, which I think a lot of it was magnified because he was in New York, but he's definitely cooled off as of late. You look at the percentages, about 37% from three, which is good, but he's only shooting about 38% from the floor. And, um, you know, Tibbs likes to win. He wants guys that can help him win now. He's opposed to, I want to say, I shouldn't say he's opposed to developing, but he just kind of has a win-now mentality. And, I mean, you knew that was coming once uh, they brought in Derek Rose once he got reunited yeah. with his buddy. But I mean the Knicks have to be pleased with what they got out of quickly. I mean, he was the twenty-fifth pick and they put him in a good position and he's played well. I, I, I like him a lot. I I just saw things in him, especially with the way he was uh playing at Kentucky that I thought would stand out in the league. And then so far early in the season it really has. I'm hoping he'll continue to get the chance and opportunity once the they realize his potential. I mean, I don't want it to happen through injury, but I think, you know, if you go ahead and give him clear minutes, I think he'll go ahead and, and make that opportunity worthwhile. So I think he's going to be someone who's going to get you buckets and be able to play at a level. And he's got no conscience. He's got the all the confidence in the world, and he's not going to shy away from that three-point shot. Yeah, and he's been shooting it well. I mean, even like Wiseman, who's gotten a lot of flack on social media for – I guess just being raw, but if you look at his raw numbers, he's averaging like 11.6 rebounds a game. And um, yeah, man, I, I thought he's played well, but I think you can kind of say the same for, for quickly. You give them more minutes, the numbers will be better, but they're in situations where at least for a wise man, I felt like before two weeks ago, he was in a situation where Golden State was trying to win. But now um, you know, I've just been hearing that they're getting ready to make some decisions about whether or not they're going to compete for the, for the playing, or are they just gonna shut it down because it probably is, shouldn't even say properly. It's definitely more beneficial for them to to lose, and Minnesota starts winning, and they could end up with multiple lottery picks. That would be very interesting to see. But then again, they go ahead and beat Milwaukee the other day, so it's kind of those mixed signals on which team you're gonna get: the one that beats Milwaukee, or the one that loses to 53 against Toronto. 
But that's something I wanted to ask you with James Wiseman. I mean, he came out pretty good as far as in the beginning, yeah. but has of late in the past couple of months had some confidence issues. And I think there's been a lot of chatter around the locker room. Uh, uh, I know Draymond Green can be the guy that's really in your face for you or against you. Uh, and I know that's going to be something like for a kid like that can be really hard to take if it's said the wrong way. I know that Kevon Looney was starting ahead of him for a considerable amount of time because I, I know Kerr really likes Looney and I know he wanted to go ahead and keep him in the mix. But I think now that they're starting Wiseman, I think again, I think that things may look up for him, but still, I just don't see the same kind of confidence he was playing with at the beginning of the season. Well, he's actually playing a little bit more minutes now than he was at the beginning of the season. I think he's up maybe like three minutes since the all-star break. He could be, you know, the rookie wall. I mean, we we are talking about a guy that played three college games. So he basically jumped from high school, three college games against, you know, two games were against, they weren't even mid-level schools. So to, you know, kind of get thrown into the fire with the lights being on him as they are in Golden State. I mean, I think overall he's been solid. And he's been what I expected. He's raw. Like he wasn't considered to be like this polished prospect entering the draft. He was more so known for his upside and his potential. And then the pressure of how well Lomelo's playing, um, that definitely could add on to um, – you know, lack of, or you know, losing confidence because everybody is on social media saying how big a mistake the Warriors made. So that can be tough to deal with. I still think I still think that kid has a lot of potential. So I hope no one starts to really sleep on him because I really think that if Golden State sticks with it and is patient with him, I think it'll really pay off in the end. Yeah, I just think that Golden State is going to end up with a couple first-round picks. And, you know, you you call Washington and say, hey, look, we'll give you two first and Wiseman for Bill. (laughs) It's going to be tough. Turn that Uh, down. I I couldn't turn that down. I couldn't turn that down. So I I hear you. That's uh, something that is a great possibility this summer, and we'll definitely keep an eye on that. But before we head on to our lottery, my friend, I wanted to ask you this. Is there anyone else that's sticking out to you or – Maybe now that it's later in the season, it's going to get more time to keep an eye out for as far as the NBA rookies are concerned. That's a tough question. Maybe Kyrie Lewis, maybe with with the, the Pelicans. Because I heard he was kind of like an untouchable right there as far as trading is concerned. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Probably from the general manager. <laughs> but Stan is not the guy yeah. that I would want my player, my rookie player to go to. And so... You know, the minutes have been up a little bit, but they weren't able to move Ball or Bledsoe. So it's still going to be tough. And um, But, yeah, I mean, he's someone that I was high on. I think Cole Anthony should be able to get a lot of time going forward now since Orlando is definitely in full, full, full tank mode. So I expect his numbers to increase over the next, uh, you know, the remainder of the season. Do you think he can be a starting point guard in the NBA? Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, there was a lot of, at least for me, there was a lot of concerns if he was really a point guard or not. But he's going to get, you know, a few weeks to basically, you know, see if if he can run a show and be a point guard. It's, it's a good situation for him because, I mean, there's no incentive to win and he's going right. to get plenty of minutes. Well, now you got RJ Hampton, though, on the team. Yeah, I mean, I think RJ is more of a combo. Than, than than a one but you know it's it's gonna be interesting to see what they do going forward especially if they end up with a top five pick which their record probably puts them in position to have one and you know if you go with you know any guy that they select so let's let's say it's k i mean obviously they're gonna take k but now you got a really big log jam of young guards and you've already paid folks you drafted anthony last year if you go to big, you just traded for Wendell Carter. Um, you still got Bamba, who they're starting to play now. And uh, if you go to wing, you still got Jonathan Isaac. You got the kid from Auburn playing well. So Orlando, I mean, they, they really need to figure out a guy who's going to be that number one option, which to me has been their problem the last few years because they, they've had good players. Aaron Gordon's a good player. Fournier's good. But I feel like they were all – bumped up a notch on the pecking order 
if Vooch is your number two, then I think you're fine. If if Aaron Gordon is like your number three best player, your third best player, your third leading scorer, then you're going to be fine. So they got to find a way to get that main guy and then just find the pieces around them. Exactly. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on over 30 more podcast outlets. Well, again, I'm speaking to my good friend, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. Please check out his awesome YouTube page, NBA Draft Junkies. And of course, it's a must as far as you NBA Draft fans and aficionados out there. You have to check out each and every week all the podcasts that he does at Locked On NBA Draft. My friend, I cannot let you go until we talk some NBA Draft for this season. I appreciate your thoughts on the NBA rookie update that we have for this season as well. But the NBA draft is around the corner, not in the, in the not too distant future. You already see teams starting to jockey their positions, aka tank for those positions right now as we speak. And we just talked about that in detail with some teams like Orlando, Oklahoma City, Detroit, things of that nature, teams of that nature that are out to go ahead and try and see what they can do because it is a considered right now a five player tier draft. The, the, first tier of players seem to be like five strong as far as players that you can build a franchise around. So I'm going to ask you right now, I, I know there's a consensus number one, for, uh, although even though all five are, are really good at those top five. So if you had a number one pick and uh, this is regardless of what team it is right now, that's last or things of that nature, because you know, with the lottery, anything can happen as far as number one, who yeah. would you go with as far as the number one pick? Kate. Kate Cunningham. <laughs> yeah, that's a no-brainer. He's in his own tier. Um, and regardless of who else, who else the team has on the roster, I would I would take Kate number one. I think the draft starts at two. It starts at two, and then after at number six, then it's it's all over the place from there. I agree with you on that. And I think everybody else that's been eyeing the draft will say the same because Kate Cunningham out of Oklahoma State has been such a tremendous individual as far as what he's doing be able to distribute i know the shot is still with, with almost all these players the shot is still a little bit in question but it seems with to kate? be rounding with kate i think i think of all the, the top five he seems to be the one that has the most all-around player i mean i've seen he rebounds well defends at a high level uh, i've seen him play make uh, just uh, for for a team that had a lot of players that i don't think were top tier college players he was basically carrying that team into the NCAA tournament. So I think he did a really tremendous job. So I would say he's a consensus number one as well. But yes, I agree with you. Number two starts the questions. I know Evan Mobley has been talked about. Yep. And also as well, Jalen Suggs. There's also Jalen Green. And then there's also Jonathan Kaminga. The last two from the G League Ignite team that played in that G League bubble. I want to hear your thoughts on number two because my two, my number two, may surprise people out there. Uh, I like Mobley a lot. I mean, I think I would take Mobley number two. I mean, there are some questions about whether you know you can take a big that high and, and build around him. I I think you can. I think he's. I mean, I think he's just really, really talented, great passer. I think he should be able to make an impact on both ends of the floor. And I am buying him being able to become like a, a floor spacer and stretch the floor. So I'm high on him. I think Suggs is, you know, a candidate to go number two. Um, yeah, he had a tremendous year as a freshman on a team that was, you know, one game away from an undefeated season. He was literally the quarterback of that, of that team. Even though I don't think he was the best player on that team, I think the best player was drew timmy but Suggs was the best nba prospect dylan green i mean we all knew he could score and and uh kaminga thought i thought he you know he did well enough to 
you know, solidify himself to be a, a top five pick. So at number two, you would be taking Evan Mobley, correct? It, it depends on the team. You know, if I'm the Pacers, which I did a mock draft yesterday on with Tankathon, and it, yeah. it was kind of like their little simulator. If the and the Pacers moved up to number three, but let's just say the Pacers move up to number two, you know, Mobley doesn't make any sense there. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I I think it would be based on fit, but for most of the fits, for me, I would pick Jalen Suggs number two. I just think on both sides of the ball, he he does so many great things. And I think he's going, I think he's got superstar, despite what Laker Tom says, he was so bad because his UCLA team lost to him on that. Ah, he's not going to be anything. Oh, he's not going to do anything in the league. All right. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think the same guy that told me Luka Doncic is is maxed out. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) we got nothing but love for you, Laker Tom, but and you said, this is why I don't watch college basketball. I know that's why you don't watch college basketball. But again, uh, I think that there is a definitely great future for Jalen Suggs. I'm a little, little tiny bit higher. Uh, and that says something because I am a big USC Trojan fan. I did go to the school for, for just a short period of time. So I do have a fondness for USC. Uh, I do think Evan Mobley is right there. I just kind of, get concerned because he kind of uh, withered a little bit under the pressure against Gonzaga. Uh, I think that was uh, a little bit concerning to me uh, that he didn't step up as well as I would have liked to. Then again, we saw the same thing from the Gonzaga kids all again, you know, almost all of them, except for Jalen Suggs against uh, Baylor. So it depends on the, the, the time, you know, and also you can't just go off of one game as well yeah. i mean one, one game should change your thoughts one way or the other because these are again these are kids yep. and, and bigs uh, need someone to get them the ball yeah so you can kind of make it tough for bigs to get the ball like even with timmy i mean they just made it tough for him to get the ball they yeah. he never he didn't get the same one-on-one touches that he got against usc usc they allowed him to go one-on-one and kind of space the floor which he's he's tough to guard in a one-on-one situation so you know, well, it's, it's tougher I, for bigs. I'm, I'm still, yeah, it is tougher for bigs. And I, I think that's probably the reason why for most of the teams, I would say the best fit is Jalen Suggs at number two. Although Evan Mobley is, again, for me, would be a number three if he's still sitting there at number three. I think you can't go too wrong with that. But you would also have Jalen Green right now above Jonathan Kaminga because for me, for a while, I had Jonathan Kaminga a little tiny bit above Jalen Green. But seeing how they ended up and seeing – you know, how more comfortable Jalen Green got, I think he could be right there as a top scorer in the league. I, I really see some him averaging at one point in time, maybe in the mid-20s, possibly even more at some point in time for, in the league. I think he's just going to be a great scorer. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like because Kuminga has such a good game on the opening day of the bubble and Green struggled, it kind of made people like – look towards Kaminga as being the better player. But, you know, if you watch the whole bubble, I, I thought Green was was the better player. He finished a lot stronger, got better. One of the Great knocks game. on him was, I mean, we all knew he could score, but could he shoot? And I thought he was a better shooter than advertised. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the top four are definitely locks. I think top five is somewhat of a lock, but I could see – maybe um, Kaminga falling out of the top five. If there's anybody that will fall out of the top five, it would be him. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I th- but that's the thing. In a, in a draft that was long considered to be top five heavy, if Kaminga does fall, who would replace him? I know everybody is now infatuated with Davion Mitchell, who has skyrocketed to the top of the charts. And in fact, uh, in his latest top 30 big board, Chad Ford, one of the NBA leading experts out there on the draft outside of yourself. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. someone who was also on the locked on network with you. He has put Davion Mitchell high as number six. Wow. Uh, that's uh, something that I was very interested in seeing because, you know, this time last month, this guy was in the twenties in some people's area. So I want to hear your thoughts on Davion Mitchell. Could he be a number six or even a number five for you at this point in time? I don't think number five. I mean, I think the age would be held against him. Uh, it's 
like I said earlier, I think picks one through five are mostly set. I think six through 14 could go all over the place. And, uh, but Mitchell has put himself in that, in that range. I, I didn't see him being like a lottery pick a month ago, but he's definitely made a name for himself. I think at the very minimum, he should be a really good defender. And if he can be a really good defender, that knocks down open shots and he does have the athleticism and the burst to get his own shot and especially off the dribble. I think that, you know, it, it's not out of the question to see him go as high as number six. I don't think so. Just because I feel like with the NBA, they love to use age against players. And he's, I don't know. I think maybe he's 22 or something like that. Well, for me, it would have to be somewhere. It'd be like a, a win now team. Let's say a Toronto falls to that spot, or let's say, like you said, Indiana falls that. Someone who thinks that they only need one or two pieces to get back in the mix. I think that would be a case. It's maybe he would be strongly considered. But if that's the case, if you have Kaminga at number five, who would you have at number six, or maybe flip flop, and you have someone else at number five? Uh, I mean, I think in that range, it can go anywhere between Scotty Barnes, maybe Jalen Johnson from Duke. I think he's going to have to answer a lot of questions about why he left early and it's going to probably be uh, based off of his intel because he went to like three different schools. So, you know, that usually doesn't look good. It's kind of like applying for a job and they say you went to four jobs in the last few years. So there'll be some concerns about, you know, stability in a sense. I mean, I think Keon Johnson from uh, Tennessee could be in that range. Moses Moody from Arkansas. I like James Booknight. The the kid that I think could sneak up in the lottery who came out of nowhere is um, the big from Turkey, Alperin Shingun. I had a chance to watch him play a couple years ago, and I thought he was going to be a really, really good prospect. I didn't see him, like, dominating Europe the way he has. He's only 18 years old, and you can make a case and say he's – the best big in Europe right now. And he's he's just been kicking butt over there. He's averaging like 19 and 9. So not I everybody think he's... has caught on to him yet. I think mean, I've seen only you and Tankathon are the ones that really pointed out. I actually watched some video on him and I'm very impressed with what I see. Yeah, I mean the passing, I think I mean I just think that he's good. You just really don't see guys dominating at the level that that he is, especially at that age. You know, I've mentioned it time and time again. If you're in Europe and you're playing at 18 years old, it's not because they gave you minutes. It's because you were better than everyone in front of you, which is a lot different than, than the NBA, you know, because you get rewarded for losing. So you can you can play young guys. And if you lose, oh, okay, well, that benefits you. You get a, you know, you get a high lottery pick. In Europe, if you lose and you're terrible, you know, there's no reward for that. So... Uh, for, so for you have play, told me on many occasions the fans yeah. can be brutal. Yeah, brutal. I mean, you you lose your money, you know, your budget if you're losing. So now you can't afford players. So it's it's a lot tougher environment. But for him, like I said, for him to dominate the way he's been doing it at such a young age is really impressive. Uh, I agree with you on that. I've seen him rise on a couple charts, but mainly Tankathon and you have been the ones that really pointed out, so it caught my eye, so I wanted to check that out. And another international player that is caught that could be in the mock lottery as well is Josh Giddy, who yeah. is all over the place right now on mock drafts. I mean, I've seen him as high as – I actually, I shouldn't say – I should say nine. I said 11 or before we went on, but I've seen him as high as nine and as low as 30. So I want to hear your thoughts on Josh Giddy. I know at one time, in fact, I've heard on shows that you had, he was the leader before really what, what we were talking about as far as international prospects at one time and may still be in a lot of eyes of the scouts. So I want to hear your thoughts on Josh Giddy from Australia, a six foot eight guard oh slash yeah. forward playmaking, uh, you know, that he, I mean, he has a lot of similarities as far as the vision and the court awareness of Lamelo Ball, but I'm on, oh, don't I'm not trying to compare him to Lamelo Ball. I'm just far as saying his passing wise, distribution, certain things. Although I think he has a lot more to improve upon at this point in time. Well, you can make a case and say that the year that he's having in Australia is very similar to what Lamelo had, maybe even better. Um, not, but Melo has been a lot better than. I anticipate it. So 
I think that helps Giddy because they are similar. I think that um, I mean Lamelo is probably a little bit more athletic, but as far as like the vision and the passing, it's it's just on another level. And I, one thing I like about Giddy is that he plays at this great pace, even though he's like not like this elite level NBA athlete. And you would think a guy that, you know, when you see the negatives on a scouting report, they may say doesn't have great burst, doesn't have a great first step. You know, it's not an elite athlete. All of those things usually don't describe a guy that is best suited for a fast-paced, fast-breaking offense. And so Giddy is a guy just, I mean, the way he moves the ball, passes the ball up court, there are some similarities. I saw today that he has compared himself to Ben Simmons, which is kind of it's it's kind of interesting. I, I on one hand I can see where he's coming from. I only saw the quote. I didn't read the whole article, so it could have just been like a, you know, just a a headline. But I mean, maybe he's making the comparison because they're both Australian and they're both big playmakers. No, he's not on Simmons level as an athlete, not on Simmons level as a defender, but he's probably going to be a better scorer than Ben Simmons. So, um, so on one hand, like I said, I need to read a whole article before I go too far into that quote, but I mean, I, I like him a lot. I, I think it wouldn't be out of the question to see him sneak into the back end of the lottery because he's pretty young himself. I think that maybe a few weeks ago there were – there were thoughts about would he, you know, stay another year because he's so young. He's only 18 years old right now. So, um, but I think he's played himself into a position where he's a, a surefire first round pick. Yeah, I, I agree. I just, I'm kind of worried. I, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about his shot. I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, it, you talked about the comparisons to Ben Simmons that he made. And I, one of the things is he could realistically have a better shot because as you know, it's all up where it's it's all but up going up as far as the chances as far as an outside shot is concerned. But I just at this point don't see enough of an outside shot yet. I still think that will still be a factor and how teams will play him. But you you cannot deny the court vision and the awareness and the fact that he can make such tremendous passes out there. Yeah, I agree. And I think even with the shot, because he's only 18, it won't be held against him as much. But even if the shot never really develops. You're talking, you know, a Ricky Rubio type player. Yeah. And Ricky Rubio has been a starter for the majority of his career, which is probably like 10 years now. And it's hard to find a guy in the NBA that has been a starter for 10 straight years. I mean, of course you got your LeBrons and your Chris Pauls, and then it just kind of drops off. And Rubio is one of those guys. So if he ends up being Rubio 2.0, that's, that's good. Even I, I, I listed another comparison for him. If the shot never really developed, Alfred Payton. Yeah. And, you know, is a, a good playmaker, good size. Alfred is not as big as Giddy, but, you know, a long NBA career. So still starting in the league with the Knicks. Yeah. Yep. Finds a way. He finds, finds a way. He does. Yep. Yep. Like, oh, he's starting? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. There you go. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Josh Giddy is going to be someone a lot of people are going to take a look at. To the domestic side, someone who had gotten a lot of pub, got a lot of high-profile games, and that is Franz Wagner of Michigan. Your thoughts on Franz Wagner? I mean, I think he's an excellent rebounder for his size. I think he, he's got a, a toughness to him. I got an edge. I know he's he may not have the top side uh, of, of some of the other players right? that he's being projected around, but I still think he can be someone in the, I guess, a lottery area that people can go ahead to and have confidence he's going to be a great – he's going to be a good rotation player. 
Yeah, he just does a little bit of everything. He can defend multiple positions. He's a decent athlete, gets a fair amount of steals. can put the ball on the floor. The knock on him was his shooting, but I felt like he did a pretty decent job of, of answering that this year, even though it wasn't really on a high volume of attempts. But he just has this versatility that is going to be so valuable in today's NBA. So I see why he's he's in that range as, as a potential lottery pick. It's funny because um, when I went to this tournament in 2019, Pokashevsky played in the tournament. Um, Shingun played in the tournament. Um, Usman Garuba is another guy that that were uh, that you know his, his name has been mentioned as a possible first round pick. And all of these guys were in this particular tournament, but um, then I so I thought Giddy would be in the tournament, but he wasn't because it was like a European Championships, not like a World Cup Championship. But so I've had a chance to watch watch these guys play, and it, it's you know, interesting because you know, seeing them at 18 and then seeing how much they've grown over the, over two years, it really hasn't even been two years. I I only thought Garuba had a potential, had potential to be a first round pick or, or lottery pick in that range. But two of those guys have really developed over the years. And if Pokashevsky would have came out this year, he would have been a top five pick in my opinion. So yeah. It's just cool for me that I can say that I had a chance to watch these guys when, when before anyone knew about them, and and uh, I had them in my on my list on my radar. So it just kind of gives me the confidence that okay, I think I know what I'm doing a little bit. Well, I'm rooting for Pokashevsky personally. I, I really think that you know I, I was high on him. Uh, you know, coming out of the draft, I thought he was going to be able to do some good things. Just you know, obviously with him, it's an issue of strength going forward. But I think he can play a role on a team, and I see. Th- once he gets that confidence and consistency there, you never know. I just think that he also has those playmaking skills and vision that he can go ahead and, and play at a good level for a team. So I think there is a future for him. Yep. But before we head on out, my friend, two more last players, I'd like to go ahead and talk about that are still being talked about right around the lottery level. First one is a big guy. Another big guy. We talked about the guy from Turkey talked about obviously Evan Mobley. And then also we, we need to talk about, Kai Jones of Texas because Greg Brown got a lot of the pub early on at Texas and whether it was his raw athleticism that got people's interest and then the fact that he's very raw and uh, at all the other parts of his game maybe that that detracted from him he's kind of dropped and someone who's taken his place on the team as far as the potential is Kai Jones so I want to hear your thoughts on Kai Jones 611 big man and I, I think he has a lot of potential, but I'm I'm not sure I would take him as far as until you get to maybe around 9, 10, 11. I think that's probably where I'd start looking at him. Yeah, he's a really interesting prospect because he has – I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. All right, I, I'll put it this way. If he ends up being a five-time All-Star, I would not be shocked. If he flames out after his rookie deal – I would not be shocked. He still seems a little raw. I mean, the numbers, you know, especially the shooting looks good. I think he shot like 38% from three. He's a really good athlete. Um, He's skilled, but at the same time, it's just something about his game that that scares me. I would love to see him go to like Toronto because I think Toronto does a good job of developing guys. But I think his basketball IQ is still – a work in progress right now. Like I said, he's raw. And then his game is just kind of not visually pleasing to me. But overall, he's a good athlete. For his size, he moves like a guard or or a wing. Very agile, plays hard, runs the floor. I think like the shooting, there's upside as a shooter. Um, Maybe a Siakam type game, maybe. Maybe that's like his, his upside. Maybe it's like a bigger Siakam. If you but, take him, you've got to be a, a GM that's secure in your position. I mean, I don't even know if there's a such thing as job security in <laughs> today's NBA last year. I mean, Donnie Nelson's been there forever. Rob Palinka has security. Uh, other than that, man, maybe Daryl Morey. I don't know too many guys that 
But if Masai Ujiri leaves Toronto, he can get a job almost anywhere in the league. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's why I mean, I'd love to see him go. I, I would love to see him go to Toronto. You know, maybe uh, uh, what's the guy's name? And he slips my, my mind right here. The guy in uh, Oklahoma City. He's just oh, been uh, given yeah, an extended security because there's no expectations on them right now. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I'd love to see him go to Toronto. Other than that, I think like if he falls into, let's say, man, I mean, I, I hope that I, I never end up hurting my career because I'm talking bad about the team. But let's say he goes to the Kings. I don't think that's the best fit for him and his long-term growth. You know, there's some organizations that don't really have a track record of really developing their guys. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that um, – where he goes is going to play a major, major role in, in his career. He goes to the right organization that develops guys. Then I think the sky's the limit. If he doesn't, he could uh, really be in a tough situation because I, even though he's skilled and he has a few things that he brings to the table, I don't know if he has this one particular skill set that he can hang his hat on at this time. I think that was kind of like the same situation with Greg Brown where you see all this potential – and then it didn't really flourish or didn't really present itself during the course of the season for Texas, but you still see something there and well, you're just not quite sure what it is with, I mean, but you see a little bit more from, from Kai Jones at this point in time. Yeah. I mean, with Greg Brown, it's just all, all athleticism. Like you just see this world-class freakish athlete that, you know, has this, athleticism that you can't teach i mean he's only like man it's probably not 10 basketball players in the world that have greg brown's just vertical pop and athleticism but he's not skilled you know that that's the thing at least i feel like jones is more skilled but you know the nba is all about potential and upside i think despite not having a strong year despite the fact that texas couldn't even play him down the stretch i still think he ends up as a first round pick despite all his negatives. I mean, like like I said, it's all about his athleticism. Skill-wise, maybe a decent rebounder. Maybe like, you know, I, I think his upside is Derrick Jones Jr. I oh, we'll think see. that's best-case scenario. But even Derrick Jones Jr. took a few years to develop. and Yeah, that he did. I mean, yeah. I remember it was just like a second-round draft choice at a UNLV, if I remember correctly. I, think. I don't even was know it? if he was drafted. Oh, you may be right on that. But, uh, I, but you're right. It took a while for him to develop. And I could see that being the case for both him and Kai Jones. Although Kai Jones, I think, has, like you said, a little bit higher upside, a little bit more well-rounded uh, game at this point in time. And the skill set seems to be there a little bit more present. So I think that he will be looked at at the lottery. But one last name I want to ask you on is someone who played recently in the national championship game who was actually on the higher end of the lottery, but seems to have dropped a little bit because of some, I guess, uh, past couple games, at least the last couple games, both against UCLA and also as well against Baylor. Uh, he seemed to shy away from the moment at times. And that was Corey Kispert, who at, you know, for the most part was considered the best shooter in college basketball. I want to hear your thoughts on Corey Kispert. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on him? Is Is he going to be able to go ahead and, shake this off or do you see this something as far as a little sign that may he may not be the the gunner that everybody thought he would be i think he'll be fine i mean his role in the nba is not to you know be a big time scorer i think his role is to be a complimentary guy and i i think he's gonna knock down open shots i mean he had a great season like 18 points i was hoping he would get like a 50 40 90 but it kind of tailed off at the end, but he still was like 53%, 44% from three on a good volume of attempts. And then he started missing free throws at the end. But no, I mean, I, I think his stock did take take a drop, but it's probably beneficial to him because if his stock falls, then he ends up going to a better team. And when he goes to a better team, less will be expected of him. So let's say he falls you know, falls into the 20s. That you puts him in range to go to the Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers, Sixers, Nets, Suns, Jazz. He goes into one of those teams, and I think he can, you know, provide some spark as, as a rookie. 
you know, you draft him in the lottery, then I, I think the expectations rise and I don't think he's put in the best situation right away. So for him, like I said, stock may have dropped some, but it probably helps him out long term. Is there anyone else that you see at this point in time that could sneak into the lottery? I know you and I may have, uh, you know, maybe two, three months from now, as we get closer to the draft, you know, see, oh, we have this kid's rising up the draft course or whatnot. But as we see it right now, is there anyone else that sticks out to you that could sneak into the lottery? Yeah, I mean, I think Jalen Johnson, Scotty Barnes, um, Moses Moody, James Booknight, um, maybe even Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky, maybe Jaden Springer. I think all of those guys, including the guys we mentioned, are in that lottery range. I don't know if there's anybody else that I think could sneak up in there. Maybe Usman Garuba, who's playing at Real Madrid. Um, some like Sharif Cooper a lot. So maybe his name could uh, come up as far as like the back end of the lottery. But like I, I mentioned earlier, from pick six through 10, I just think it's going to be, I shouldn't even say six through 10, six through 15. I think it could be all over the place. I agree with you on that. Like you said, Scotty Barnes has been mentioned as high as six. Moses Moody has been mentioned as high as six. Both t- uh, Tennessee players. When it comes to that concern, Springer and Johnson have both been mentioned that high. Yeah, all over the place. I've seen them as high as six. I've seen them as low as 13, 14, 15, 16 in that range. So, yeah, I mean, there seems to be that mixed opinion on how that next set of players is going after those initial five. And like you said, if Kaminga does not match what a team needs, he could fall a little bit and someone could take his place at number five. But yeah, right now we're getting some a little bit more clear ideas on the NBA draft. But before we head on out, my friend, you've got a ton of things that are coming up for you as far as the NBA draft concerns. So I want to hear your thoughts on exactly what you're up to and how people can check out all the awesome stuff that you do for the NBA draft. Yeah, I mean, I have the website, nbadraft.com. I have the YouTube channel, same name, NBA Draft Junkies. You know, with the radio station, well, I have that on Dash Radio, so congrats to you for for joining Dash. And then I have the Locked On Podcast, which is every Monday through Thursday. I want to say morning, but, I mean, it's a podcast, so you can listen to it whenever you want. Don't they drop them around midnight? Well, I always set mine for 5 a.m. Central Time. Okay. So when... You know, people get up in the morning and they're on their morning drive. If they love the NBA draft like that, then it'll be the first thing to pop up on their feed when they wake up in the morning. So that's what time I set mine. But I think it's a lot different for the guys that are doing the team specific stuff. So if you're doing like locked on, you know, whatever team, Bulls, Nuggets, whatever, then there's drops after after every game. So, you know, my time frame is a little bit different. Uh, you got to check it out anyways. It's the Locked On NBA Draft. I mean, you do a tremendous job there. There's also other contributors to that podcast channel. I mean, every day of the week, you seem to have new shows pop up on that channel, correct? Yeah, I don't know about Fridays. I know that I'm I'm Monday and Thursday. There's a guy, um, Colin Mavs Drafts. He's on Tuesday. Then there's the Draft Dummies that are on Wednesday. I'm not sure about Friday. The channel's growing. I'm thankful to to be the guy that they chose to lead off the week. But yeah, man, I'm thankful for the opportunity. Well, you know what? It's great to hear you each and every time out. Catch your latest episode with Mikey V, our man indeed, Mr. Michael Weisenberg. That was a great episode. So yep, I've had a couple episodes today. since then. <laughs> okay, well, I, I haven't checked yeah. out those yet. I've got those on my queue on, on my bullhorn. So I got to check those out today. I've got some driving to do later on. So, yes, I definitely will do that. Please check out especially the the great episodes you had with Michael Weisenberg at Locked On NBA Draft and all the stuff that you're doing on Locked On NBA Draft. Of course, your Dash Radio show that you can hear every Monday and everything that you're doing at NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube. Any profiles coming up very soon or in the not-too-distant future? Yeah, I plan on dropping some... This weekend, I think the first one I'll do is, I mean, I got to do him. His name is hot right now. That's uh, Davion Mitchell. So I should be he's starting sizzling. to crank him out. <laughs> yeah, he's he's hot. I mean, Giddy's been hot too. I mean, I've been seeing the views for Giddy go up. I mean, I, I want to say, I mean, it's not a crazy amount, but it's probably been like 
2,600 views in the last few days. But yeah, I'm, I'm at the point now I'm ready to to just start cranking them out. Well, I saw yours with Josh Giddy, but I'm going to be honest with you. I've been seeing for the past week nothing but a lot of hours of Australian broadcasters. I'm just going to tell you that right now. So <laughs> okay. catching a lot of games to, to get him out to see if he's actually going to be someone that should be considered at the top of the draft because I'm formulating my mock draft as I know you are on your mock drafts as well coming up for nbadraftjunkies.com when would that come out I dropped the lottery on on the, my latest uh locked on episode so my mock lottery is actually out right now on Ooh. the locked on draft and I, I did the tankathon simulator the lotto simulator so it was actually pretty cool. It was, you know, I hit the sim. If you haven't been on Tankathon, go to tankathon.com, and then they have, like, this lottery simulator where it's kind of like your own version of what happens in Secaucus. And when I did mine yesterday, the Pacers were the big risers, and they ended up with the third pick. So I got it, it right fun. here. I got it right yep. here. There we go. Oh, what's this, Rafi? It's got to have your last name too, man. Not, you're Rafael from NBADraftJunkies.com. At least they got the site. At least they got the site. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm in charge of writing that out, so that's on me. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. So got to make sure we get the full name in there because you do such tremendous work. It is Rafael Barlow from NBADraftJunkies.com. Check out his stuff that he's doing, NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube, NBADraftJunkies.com. His awesome show every Monday on Dash Radio. And then, of course, Everything he does all week long at Locked On NBA Draft. Well, my friend, next time around, I want to go ahead and start talking about who the Lakers might be looking at. Although it's kind of tough to say where the Lakers will be because it depends on LeBron, our our cyborg. See, we talked about him so much as a cyborg. Little did we know Solomon Hill was going to run into him. And, <laughs> and also as Solomon well, Hill was in the NBA until that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know he played for Miami last year, but uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> he's one of those guys that, as you as you and I've talked about, they always seem to hang around year after year after year. You're not sure how, you're not sure why, but he he does. But yes, he, he makes it. Yeah, yeah, he makes it. But again, we'll see where the Lakers end up. But we'll try to go ahead and get a better gauge next time around of where the Lakers will be and who they'll have available at that point in time in the draft. Plus, I also want to hear your thoughts in the NBA, Portland is a team that I think is very good, could be really good, especially because they're getting healthy at the right time. But nobody seems to be talking about them, which is kind of strange because they're right there in the mix for the third, fourth, fifth positions right there. They can actually sneak realistically with a nice winning streak in the second. I see. I could see them out, especially if Dame gets hot, even hotter than he normally is. So people have got to go ahead and start – looking at at portland as a viable contender in the western conference uh yeah i mean i i agree as a blazers fan but i just think like the west is going to be so wide open i you know we say that every year but i mean nobody would have expected utah phoenix to be one and two yeah and dallas is kind of other than their loss last night to to houston but dallas has been creeping up they've been playing really well since they got healthy and then Denver's been good. I mean, they got off to a slow start. I mean, the playoffs in the West is is, is going to be a bloodbath. I mean, where are the Lakers at right now? Like fifth or something like that? They are fourth fifth as fifth. we speak. So as of today, if I'm not mistaken, if it stays the same, which I would actually love it, Lakers, Clippers, first round, that would be very interesting. One of those teams is going home. And I mean, imagine the disappointment of one of those teams going out in the first round. Fans should be allowed into the arena at that time. So, I mean, that that would be good. And so, yeah, I mean, I could see if it's a Blazers-Suns first-round matchup. I think Portland could win that one. I think, you know, if the Lakers fall to seven by any chance, you know, who wants to play them in the first round? That would be very interesting to see. Yeah, so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it as well, my friend. We'll see what happens. I just – want AD and LeBron to come back healthy and the Lakers are a viable contender anywhere they're at. But again, in the West, it's going to be, like you said, a bloodbath because you've got several teams which can not only can compete and win conceivably 
the Western Conference Championship, but the NBA Championship as an NBA title contender against Brooklyn, who, like we have picked even before this season, plus also Milwaukee and Philadelphia. That's more like a three-team race right there. Maybe you can throw in Miami. I'm not not sure yet. We're still kind of on the fence there to see if they can regain that kind of momentum. But yeah, there, there's. It looks like it's really going to be a fun stretch, uh, you know, coming into the end of the season right now. Yep. Yeah. Well, as of today, it would be Lakers Denver first round. Oh so my gosh! You, you get the Western Conference Finals in the first round. And the guy who's going to be the MVP. So, yeah, LeBron would be uh, most uh, not only just because of playoffs, but I think he would be really motivated to play against Jokic if Jokic wins the MVP, which. He is the current favorite right now, I think, from from everybody, just because of the fact there's been so many injuries and things of that nature involved. But yeah, I'm Which looking forward wrong. to well, why I'll... Donovan Mitchell is averaging 25 a game with the team okay. on the with the best record. His name is not being mentioned. Devin Booker's averaging like 25 a game. Suns are 36 and 14. Damian Lillard. Yeah, I mean. Other than the year Westbrook averaged a triple-double, which had never been done, I can't expect a guy whose team is in sixth place to, you know. Well, yeah, if he, fa- if, he falls below, if he falls below fifth or sixth, I mean, if they're in that range, then it's kind of it's much harder to go ahead and pick Jokic. But the way they're playing right now, I think, has kind of pushed him into that forefront, I think, because they've won seven in a row. Uh, they got Aaron Gordon, who seems to be a good fit for them, so. We'll definitely see what happens, but I think that's putting him to the forefront right now as far as the MVP talk is at this time. Yep. Well, my friend, it's been so awesome talking to you about the NBA draft, not only this year on our rookie update, but also as well as some NBA draft lottery hopefuls, getting everybody an idea on exactly who scouts and obviously the experts like Raphael are looking at. It's been so great to have you on the show, my friend. I'm looking forward to the next time you're back on. You know the red carpet's always there for you. And I tell you what, it's just so awesome to talk to you again. And I look forward to speaking more NBA Draft with you and the NBA, of course, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.